Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Misadventures with the Narcissist. In this episode, you will hear about what I like to call the day that everything changed, literally the day that my life changed. And I want to tell you what that day was and how the narcissist reacted, how he responded, and how it affected our relationship. So stay tuned for that. The Misadventures with a Narcissist podcast is sponsored by Audible.com. With Audible.com, using the link that I have below in the show notes, you get one month free, your first month of membership. You get it free, so you can check out some of the books on narcissistic abuse that I highly, highly recommend you read if you want to become more familiar with what exactly is going on with the dynamics of this relationship. So the first book that I recommend you guys read about narcissistic abuse is called Should I Stay or Should I Go? Surviving a Relationship with a Narcissist. And it is by Dr. Ramani Durvasula. And she has an awesome YouTube channel that I also highly recommend, but you can listen to this book for free with your Audible free trial. Otherwise, the book is $21.99, I believe, to buy. My other favorite book is called Dodging Energy Vampires by Dr. Christian Northrop. And this is actually one of the books that really helped me understand what was going on in terms of the dynamics of narcissistic relationships. So you can get both of these books for free with your free 30-day trial from audible.com. And you can cancel anytime within the first 30 days. And these books are still yours to listen to. So make sure to use the link in the description or in the show notes below to get your free 30-day trial membership to audible.com. Now back to the show. So before we start today's episode, I wanted to share with you, as I do in most of the episodes of this podcast, a quote that I found on Instagram that I think shows very well how I feel and how many victims of narcissistic abuse feel. Again, this is from the account of Understanding the Narc on Instagram, and it says this, I think one of the worst things a narcissist does is steal your innocence. You no longer are the child that felt safe in the world. This experience takes you out of your safe cocoon and makes you feel completely exposed and vulnerable. You suffer from hypervigilance and become afraid of the world. You want to jump into bed under the covers and never come out. It makes adults feel like little children afraid of the boogeyman, wicked witches. It makes you want to hide from life and never come out again. There is something about finding out the monsters we were afraid of as children are really people. People we know, people we trusted, people we loved. It is literally traumatizing and it changes who you are. How could it not? Some people don't understand narcissistic abuse victims, thinking they are overreacting and playing the victim. But when the rug of life gets pulled from under you, you are no longer the same person. How could you be? Everything you believe this question and you don't know what is real or who you are anymore. Pathological people cause immense damage. And if you could be easily measured and exposed, emotional and psychological abuse would truly be considered criminal. It is domestic violence against the soul. Rather than beating the body down, they break your spirit. So again, I know that is a very sad way to start the podcast, but it truly is how I have felt at times and how I still 
feel at times. So today's episode actually ties into that really, really well, because this is when I realized who I was with and who my partner was. So if you listen to the last episode, you may remember that I mentioned that I was crashing, that I was literally working so much and doing so many things with my business and my personal life. And of course, it still was not enough. So I kept doing more and more and I was launching online courses and creating content. I was traveling all over the country to speak at conferences. I was doing my own podcast. I was on other people's podcasts, recording interviews. I was biking an hour a day back and from my co-working space. I was running. I was working out. I was, I mean, doing just so many things that I don't really know how I did all of that while at the same time raising three children. So, and of course I was raising my kids with the narcissist and I will do another episode about his role in that because he was really helpful and he really was hands-on with our kids, which was allowing me to run my business and support our family financially. But in this episode, I wanted to talk to you about the day when everything changed. So before I go into that episode, I wanted to share a little story, something that I thought about, and I don't even know why I thought about it, but a while before the day that everything crashed, I remember watching, and I know this is crazy for me to talk about this, and it might seem unrelated, but I remember watching American Ninja Warrior, and if you are familiar with the show, before a new contestant gets on, they kind of share his story or her story and talk about their family and basically what makes them strong, what brought them to where they are today. So I was watching American Ninja Warrior years and years ago, and I don't know if you guys remember this contestant. I forget what his name is, but he was a contestant on the show, and before he started his run, they showed his wife, and his wife was, I think she had, she was diagnosed with MS possibly, or some sort of um, health condition where your muscles sort of atrophy and you can't really walk, you can't really take care of yourself. She was basically in a wheelchair and he had to take care of her. And I've, they had this really touching story. And I remember he would carry her on her back and help her to, you know, to basically live her life because she was wheelchair bound and couldn't really do anything for herself. And I remember, and I don't even know why I thought this, but I remember at one point thinking, I wonder if that happened to me, if my husband would actually do that. Would he, you know, carry me on his back? Would he bathe me? Would he take care of me? Or would he just check out and leave? And my intuition said that he would not want to be with me because I was no longer useful. Now, this was my thought and my intuition before I even knew anything was up with him, before I even knew the definition of narcissistic abuse before I realized he was a narcissist. This is when things were actually going pretty well. The first, you know, maybe few years of our relationship right after, I think this was after maybe 
we had our second baby or so. It was really early on in our relationship. But I just remember thinking, gosh, I don't think he would do that. I don't think he would stand by me and take care of me if something like that was to happen to me. And I don't even know why I thought that or um, or why, again, why I thought that I just did. And I just remember feeling really, really sad. So I always had that in the back of my mind that I couldn't get sick. I couldn't um, not function. Like I basically had to be able to provide and to produce and to keep going the way I was going because otherwise I would no longer be useful to him. So that was sadly always on the back of my mind. So after I, you know, I used to think this all the time, especially when I would see someone sick and someone who was in a relationship, I, I don't know. I just, I just felt like I couldn't count on him. But again, I felt like, well, there's no way he would do that because we're married and that's how married people do, right? Like if someone gets sick, the other person steps in and kind of takes care of them and does the things that they need to do. So uh, that's the story about that. But here's how it ties into what I'm about to share. So as uh, where I left off last week, sorry, I'm a little over all over the place today. But uh, where I left off last week was that I was going to event after event, week after week. So for my business. So there was this one day where everything, you know, it was just a normal day. Everything was totally fine. I woke up in the morning and I had to go to an all day business networking event. It was about an hour and 15 minutes, an hour and a half away. And I had to drive and the, uh, to drive and the event started at 9am. It was like from nine to five, I think. And they had a yoga class at 8am. So I figured I would leave super early, get there, do the 8 a.m. yoga class, and then do the event at 9 and come back at 5 or leave at 5, be back around 6.30 or 7, and that would be my day. And I remember this was a Thursday, um, and I think it was maybe like Thursday, September 15th or something like that. I don't know why I remember it, but I totally just remember that it was a Thursday. And I got up as any other day, you know, it was just a regular day. I took a shower, ate my breakfast, said goodbye, you know, to my kids and my husband and made my way to the event. And I got to the event. I did the yoga. Everything was totally fine. Like I was feeling fine. There was no issues or, or anything that would indicate that something bad was about to happen. So around lunchtime, I remember that I started to feel really off. And I thought, you know, I had some snacks in my bag and I thought maybe I'm just hungry. And I don't know, maybe it's just too hot in here. Cause it was, I think around like 50 people in this super tight room. Like we were so the, our chairs were close to each other and it was just such a super tight room. So I just remember starting to feel, to feel really off and thinking maybe I'm just hungry. I don't know something, but something was off. So I had some snacks in my bag and I ended up eating all of my snacks. I had some like nuts and fruit, I think. And I, you know, I finished the snacks and then it was around now it was around maybe one o'clock 
And I remember the um, the guy who was leading the event saying, you know, lunch is going to be a little late. It was supposed to be here around 12, but now it's coming around two. So hang in there. And um, yeah, just be patient. So I, I don't know why, but I started to feel super hungry and I freaked out. So I excused myself and I went outside to kind of just get some fresh air. Like I felt like I couldn't breathe. My vision was all off. Like I felt like I was not in my own body. It was just the strangest feeling that I had never ever in my entire life felt before. So of course I started to panic. So I made my way outside and I thought, um, you know, maybe if I just get some fresh air, walk it off, maybe I'll wait for lunch. And after lunch, I will, um, I will feel better and I'll just go back and finish the event. And I remember feeling like just super scared and that I wanted somebody to talk to. So I ended up calling my husband, um, at the time during the lunch break. And I remember wanting to tell him how I was feeling, but thinking that I can't tell him that because he's either going to make fun of me or he's going to tell me that it's all in my head, or he's going to tell me that I'm imagining things and that I just need to chill out. So, and the reason I thought that is because that had happened in the past. So when I, if you guys remember my episode about anxiety and other times where I felt a bit of anxiety and I told him he would just ignore me or shrug his shoulders or tell me to just, you know, chill out or whatever. So I wanted to tell him so bad about how I was feeling, but I felt like, you know, I, he's just going to make fun of me. I can't tell him. And I just remember feeling really sad that, wow, this is my husband. And, um, I don't know what's happening to me. I'm feeling something that, I have never felt before in my entire life and I am not comfortable telling him how I'm feeling. So that to me was a huge red flag. And I just remember feeling really, really sad and thinking like, I just wish I could tell him that I'm not feeling well or that I'm feeling off or whatever I was feeling, but I didn't. So I talked to him and it was a really superficial conversation. I remember just telling him, you know, we were waiting for lunch, the event was going well and all of that. And I remember kind of hinting to him and saying, I might want to come back early, uh, but didn't tell him why. I just said, I might want to come back early. And he was like, no, you paid for this. You shouldn't come back early. You should stay the whole time and make the most out of it. And I think I was telling him that I might come back early to kind of test him and just see what, you know, see what he says. But of course, he frowned upon me coming down early and not completing my day there. But of course he had no idea what I was going through. So anyway, we finished the conversation. I just remember just feeling really, really sad that I couldn't tell him about how I was feeling. And then lunch came and I ate lunch. And as I was eating, I just kept feeling worse and worse. And it was just, I don't know, the feeling by now I had been feeling this way for at least an hour. So I finished lunch and I thought maybe I just, you know, I'm just going to chill out and hopefully once I've eaten lunch, everything will be okay. But things were not okay. It was actually getting much worse. And I started to um, kind of like, I felt like I was losing my vision. It felt like I was walking on water. It felt like I couldn't feel my body. I felt panicked. I felt 
like hungry, even though I had just eaten. And I was just feeling so off and so uncomfortable that I left the event and I thought, okay, I have to drive myself home because I can't, you know, I can't stay here for another few hours and then drive back home around five o'clock because who knows how I'm going to feel by the time five o'clock rolls around. So I got in my car blurry vision and all. And I got on the highway and I started driving. And I remember at one point, maybe half an hour into my drive, I started to just get worse and worse. And I felt so uncomfortable driving. I felt like if I kept going, I was just going to get into an accident or I don't know, drive my car off the road because I just felt so uncomfortable and I couldn't even really see that well or anything. And I called him again because I was super, super scared. And I was, again, trying to figure out how he would feel or what he would think about what I what I was saying or how I was feeling. So I started talking to him and he was like, hey, you just called me an hour ago. Why are you calling me again? <laughs> um, and so, of course, that's not what you want to hear. So I remember kind of like telling him, you know, something is off. I'm not feeling well. I don't know what's going on, but I am back in the car. I'm heading home and I should be home maybe like in another hour or so, but I really don't know what's happening, but I'm just going to try to come home and hopefully everything will be okay. He didn't sound alarmed. He didn't um, say anything more than like, oh, okay. And I remember asking him if he can stay on the phone with me. So like while I was driving, and he was like, no, sorry, I have to work. Um, I, you know, I have to get ready for my class that I'm teaching. So I can't really talk right now, but I'll see you when I get home. So again, feeling like totally unsupported and thinking he can't even, you know, I'm telling him that I'm feeling off and I'm not feeling well and that I have this long drive home and he can't even stay on the phone with me while I am driving just to make sure that I am getting back home safely. And I hung up the phone and I just started crying and I just, I don't even know, like, I don't remember much of the drive back home after that moment. And then I drove another half an hour. And by this time I was maybe about 20 minutes away from our house. And I remember calling him again. And at this time I was crying and I mean, I'm getting emotional just sharing the story, but I just remember crying and being like, I don't think I could make it home. I'm going to stop right here. There's a rest stop right here. And I would really love for you if you came to pick me up right now, because I just don't think I can drive the rest 20 minutes home. And he kind of sounded a little, you know, a little worried, but he said, okay. And he's like, well, I just hope I could make it back in time to pick up the kids from school because he had to pick up our kids from school at three. Um, and by this time, maybe it was like, I don't know, 240 or something like that. So um, so I pulled over in the rest area. I tried to get out of the car and I was such a mess. <laughs> like I could barely see. I could like I couldn't remember anything. I don't know. It was just my whole world as I knew it was so different. And I was so thrown off by what was happening and how I was feeling 
and so scared and so confused and trying to figure out like what is wrong with me you know like what's happening what is um what is all of this and i remember kind of just sitting in the car and waiting for, for him at the rest stop so he can come get me and i try to get out of the car because i had to go to the bathroom at this point and i was so dizzy i don't even know how i made it to the bathroom but somehow i made it to the bathroom made my way back in the car and then in about 20 minutes he came and he was like hey are you okay and i said no i don't know what's happening but um thanks for coming to get me and i just i think i just need to go home and i will come back and get my car tomorrow so we got in his car and made our way home i left my car at the rest stop and i thought you know i'll just go get my car tomorrow when hopefully i'll feel better so we got home and i started to feel a little better and not as i guess not as panicky or just you know more relaxed and not as scared because now i was not you know an hour and a half away from home and having to drive and all of that and I remember thinking, you know, I need to take a nap right now, but um, maybe we'll, hopefully when I wake up, I will feel a lot better. So I took my nap. He went to pick up the kids from school and then the kids home or the kids came back home from school and, <clears throat> excuse me. And when I woke up from my nap, I, I felt a little better, but not really much better. You know, I was still just so panicky and so confused and felt so off and my vision was all weird and it was just awful like really really awful i felt like i could not even move or do anything and i remember just sitting on the couch and kind of trying to rest for the rest of the day now the next day he was supposed to take or all of us actually had planned to go to the zoo because the kids had the day off from school. So that was our, you know, our family day. We were going to go to the zoo. And I remember tell, after the kids went to bed, I remember um, telling him that I'm not sure if I can go to the zoo tomorrow because I don't know if I'm still going to feel this way or if I'm going to feel worse or, you know, or, or better. And I said, if I feel better, I'm definitely going to come. But if I don't feel better, then I'm sorry, I can't come to the zoo with you guys. And he kind of looked at me and he was like, yeah, I hope you feel better because I don't want you canceling on the kids and I don't want you disappointing them yet again with something you can't do. So that was his response. And I just remember thinking, like, what the hell is wrong with him? Why is he being so mean? And mind you, from the time he picked me up to the time we went to bed, he hardly talked to me at all. Didn't really even asked me how I was feeling, if I would tell him how I would feel. He would kind of just look at me with a blank stare and just go, oh, okay, but not really do anything. Like he was so cold and so detached. And I just remember feeling like this was the scariest moment, literally, of my entire life. And I don't have any sympathy from him. I don't have any support. And what I do have is him being really annoyed that he had to come pick me up. And now him being really annoyed that I may have to cancel our trip to the zoo with our kids tomorrow or the next day. So I just felt so sad and so alone. And 
really, really confused. And I thought about that moment when I saw the guy with his wife on American Ninja Warrior. And I thought, wow, my intuition was right. I knew that if I was to ever need him, that if something was to ever happen to me, or if I was to get sick, he would not come through. He would not support me. He wouldn't, uh, you know, he just wouldn't be there for me. And in that moment, I thought, this is who he is. Like, this is the person that I married and is someone who is not there for me. And that day, not only did everything change literally with my physical health, but everything changed in terms of how I saw him and how, and what he meant to me, I think, um, at that time. And the next day, and there is so much that happened after that, that I think I need to do a whole new episode on that because it's too much to cover in just one episode. But I'm going to tell you about what happened the next day, and then I will leave the rest for another episode. So the next day I woke up, and... I was feeling slightly better, but still just really, really out of it and really scared that whatever I had felt the day before might come back and still really panicky. And I remember telling him, waking up and telling him, hey, I don't think I can go to the zoo this morning. Do you just mind if you go with the kids and I'm going to stay home and rest? And we were supposed to meet his brother also at the zoo. And what he said to me <laughs> was really rude. And he said, well, honestly, I think you should just kind of get over it and push through it and come to the zoo because you don't want to let the kids down and you don't want to let my brother down. And we had planned on this and you can just not show up. I think you need to push through it and you'll be fine. So, <laughs> um, at that moment, I, felt, and this is like, I felt this a lot throughout our relationship, but I felt like I was constantly letting him down. Like no matter what I was doing, I was constantly letting him down. And I said, okay, fine. I'm going to go to the zoo and I'm going to try to push through it and just see what happens. So we all got in the car, we went to the zoo and I felt terrible. Like I felt so sick and so anxious and lightheaded and off and just really, really bad. But I pushed through it and we got home. And then when I got home, I totally crashed again. And it wasn't as bad as the day before, but whatever I was feeling the day before was definitely still there this second day. And I thought, you know, well, maybe I will feel better tomorrow. Maybe I just overdid it today at the zoo. <laughs> maybe I'll feel better tomorrow. So tomorrow came the weekend, it was Saturday, and again, I wasn't feeling well, I was still just really exhausted, really dizzy, really off, really anxious, just really not feeling like myself, and I could not even really do anything, I couldn't focus, I couldn't concentrate, I just was not feeling like myself at all. And I decided to just take the next few days to kind of rest and see if I feel any better, see if this, whatever weird thing is happening, if it's going to go away. So sad thing is it never went away. It got worse. I, looking back, I suspect that what happened is that I had like a really intense panic attack, but I don't know. I explained it to 
a few doctors and a few practitioners, which I'll tell you guys all about in the next episode. But nobody really knew. Everybody had their own opinion on what it could be. Um, Some people said it was a panic attack. Others said it was just maybe um, exhaustion. Others said it was like adrenal issues and nervous system issues. Other people said it was low blood sugar. So it was a whole bunch of answers that I got from different doctors and practitioners. But um, I think it was a panic attack that just lasted a really long time. And it is what really set everything into motion for the next five years of my life. So this actually, it happened five years ago, um, almost five years ago. It is August 28th as I'm recording this episode. And this happened five years ago on September 15th. So it, um, it's been five years and I want to take the next few episodes to tell you guys what happened, to tell you how the narcissist reacted. And obviously, <laughs> um, it didn't end well. It did totally didn't end well because we ended up getting a divorce and my health got much worse. And, I gained a ton of weight and all of that. So I want to tell you all about that in the next episode. So the next episode, I am going to tell you what happened over the next few months. And I want to share with you guys what um, maybe kind of what doctors I saw, what I thought may be going on. And most importantly, which is the whole reason why I'm doing this podcast, is I want to tell you how my ex-husband and husband at the time reacted some of the really cruel things he said and did. And I want to kind of take you down over the next few months to maybe the next year or so of my health journey and me not feeling like myself and me not feeling like I am giving him what he wanted or what he was looking for, basically feeling like it, I was not useful to him anymore. So if you know what happens when narcissists no longer find you useful, you will obviously know what's going to happen next. But I am really looking forward to sharing that with you in the next few episodes. And I also wanted to say that I thought it was really important that this kind of incident in my life got its own episode because it is literally the day where everything changed for me. It is the day if there was like a before and after (laughs) this was the before and now is, was the after. So I felt really important that this had its own episode. And I know I've been a little all over the place today and totally emotional and not my cheery self that I, I try to be, but I think just telling the story again and just, remembering how sad I felt and how abandoned and unseen and unsupported and just totally not the reaction that you would expect from someone you were married to for over 10 years at that. Actually, I was our 10 year anniversary um, at that time. So it is really sad. It totally broke my heart. It changed me and it um, really set the course for the next few years. So thank you guys so much for being here today and for listening to this episode. And I am really looking forward to sharing with you 
what happened next. And it was literally all downhill <laughs> from there. So I will see you all in the next episode. Bye, everybody. Oh, 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 oh,